reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favor Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740. But, of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's the sexual, intellectual, double-H, the Husky heartthrob, leader of the Husky Army, and the WWE superfan himself, my man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing well, brother, and... uh I did, I did travel down to Milwaukee. I did go to a house show. It made me realize how much better fans make an event, but it also made me realize how much I fucking hate wrestling fans. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. I cannot wait. We, uh, we've had an eventful week, so I think it's time for another super serious wrestling show. You want to be serious about this? I think we should. Okay. We should at least try, right? We'll do our best. Now... Figure podcasts were like top six thousand, right, right, but right. then like wrestling, like just real. It's I mean, modesty prevents me from saying we're number one, but we're we're probably number one. To be well, honest with you. before we get started, I got a confession to make. Okay, not really a confession, maybe an excuse. Okay, I am um, I'm playing through pain this week. You're playing injured. I okay. am playing injured. You think I should tell the people what happened? Uh, I think it's only fair that, you know, we are open books with our listeners, and I think it's only fair. Okay. I um, I got a vasectomy. Oof. Yeah, I got a whole ass vasectomy. Uh, now, a whole one? Like, they took both mm-hmm. of them, right? They took them both. Right. Can I uh, explain to you what happened? In graphic detail, give it okay. to us. Well, this is something that we, me and my wife agreed on a long time ago. So once we made the decision that, like, you know, this is going to be it for us, a lot of things went into that. We decided it was time. So I go there, and it's real weird. So when you set the initial appointment, they basically just want to see if you're ready to do it. If you show any apprehension at all, they won't do it. I didn't know that. I didn't show any apprehension. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm ready. It's It's, it's done. You know, whatever, whatever. So I set the appointment, and you you go there, and basically you they tell you to shave, which is a good thing I got fucking a bunch of manscape shit here. Right. So I had to uh, shave up down there, everything, and then you go into a room. You have to drop your pants to your knees and lay on a table fully exposed, fully exposed in this cold room, and there's a nurse in there. Dick. So basically, what she does. Is she she washes you up? Oh, yeah. So she basically cleans you up, preps you up. There's some brown liquid they put on you. I don't know what it is. So anyway, my dumbass, I decided to make small talk. <laughs> like, yo, uh, what do you tell people you do for a living? And she's like, well, my husband says I'm a penis washer. She immediately got that out of the way, which is fine. I wasn't hitting on her at all. Right. I was funny. like, oh, oh, like you know, he likes. You know, he's fine with that. Like, did you tell him, is this something you were doing when you met him or 
after you decided to? She goes, no, after I decided to. Like, and you just decided to do this line of work. She goes, no, I became a nurse and this job became available. And I'm like, I'm such a fucking dipshit. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were, I, I guess you're not some special dick nurse. Right, yeah. <laughs> so then doctor comes in and my uh, blood pressure was a bit of an issue. So they had to no, give me, they took, yeah, they took my blood pressure once. It was a little high. I don't remember the number. And then they uh, got me calmed down. They got me washed up and then they numb you. I wasn't ex- prepped on what this process was going to be. So the doctor says, don't kick me. Whoa, what, what, why would I kick you? Then he basically sticks a needle directly into your fucking nut. Oh. Yeah. It is oh. the most uncomfortable feeling I think I've ever had. And then you're numb. They numb everything. And then you just see smoke coming out. Yeah, he has like a laser and there's smoke and there's a lot going on. So you see some legit smoke shooting yes. out of your balls. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yes. So then he goes, all right, that side's done. I'm like, well, we're going to do that whole process again. Then he numbs up the other nut. He went, he went left first, then he went right. And he numbed that up and then smoke and everything. He goes, all right, we're done. But by this time, I'm so, like, wound up, I'm jabberjawing. My blood pressure's sky high. So girl cleans me up or whatever. She told me I did a really good job, which I don't – she says she's had people, like, pass out and shit. Yeah, I would have been one of them. So then they take you to a room, and they got to take your blood pressure so they can release you. My blood pressure was 166 over 95. Pretty high. A little bit. So they, wouldn't let me go. they wouldn't let me go until I got calmed down. And then, you know, they took my blood pressure again. It was better. But, yeah, and then, um, so uh, no, no ejaculation for seven days. Nothing. And then, um, in three months, I have to jerk off into a cup and have an hour to take it to the facility to let them tell, let them see if I'm sterile or not. Nice. <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, hey, what a fucking process. I mean, you just talked me right out of probably ever getting one. So, and it's basically just a lot of, uh, you know what? God bless my wife. I, I married well. She saw what I went through. She saw me gingerly walking out of the room. Uh, she bought me a Prism Mega Box from the card shop. <laughs> Here, honey. She bought, me, we- bought me about eight bottles of wine told me to uh, not worry about doing anything. Just drink the wine, look at the cards, and heal up. That's what I've been doing. So, yeah, I basically uh, going from a sitting to staying position is a very difficult chore right now. And it just feels, everything's very tender, and it feels swollen. And I have two holes in my nutsack. Mm. It is. That sounds very painful very brutal uh, you know i my respect level for you went through the roof you know any man that can lay there and let somebody jab him in the nutsack with a needle brother you uh you fucking went through it right there well know? there's there's an end game to it you know what the end game is right what's that we're all sex for the rest of my life that's well that's true <laughs> there. 
there's a benefit here, you know. <laughs> but the process to get there was fucking brutal. So yeah, yeah. But like I said, I've been through that, and I'm I'm sitting right now. I iced up before the show. I will ice up immediately after the show. The wine helps a lot. <laughs> so, but all right, ready. Now we're done talking about my nuts. We're going to talk about some wrestling? Uh, the, the listeners would love that. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, the first big news I want to talk about is very unexpected. Caught the uh, wrestling world by surprise, and there was a lot of talk about it on Twitter. A lot of opinions. Uh, Bray Wyatt was released with WWE citing budget cuts. Uh, your first reaction when you saw that? Uh, when I saw that it was due to budget cuts, I thought bullshit. Um, one of the most over uh, talents on your roster, uh, one of your better workers. Um, I mean, the fucking guy can he can go, he can have a match with anyone, right? And to even risk him showing up somewhere else, I mean. That is, I, I mean, that's ballsy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he, he's going to end up in AEW if he's, if this isn't a fucking work. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well, there was a lot, a lot of talk about, and I'm not going to speculate, and I don't think it's really responsible for anyone to speculate on his mental health because yeah. you just don't know. Yeah. You, you have no idea. I do see that uh, JoJo was released months months back. Yep. You don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, there's a lot. We, I, you hear all these stories about Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? He can run hot and cold with people. You just never know. You know, it's it's. I got a feeling that as we get more into the process, distance itself from the actual release date, that you know, <laughs> the 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 mandatory podcast or something like that will come out right talk is Jericho or something like that. We'll learn more. Right. But, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of fans are going at Alexa bliss. Really? I mean, I tell you what, man, and there was a lot of talk about like stands this week on Twitter. And even today from like Mike Bennett, Chelsea green, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's wild that people will like be bigger fans of a promotion than they are the actual workers that they go at these wrestlers on social media so aggressively. It's, you know, there's always some, like, Alexa Bliss in the profile picture, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's sad, man. Yeah, and that, I mean, and when we get to, you know, when I talk about the house show, uh, something that I saw that ties into this right here, um, and and it was like, damn, like, that dude is a fucking fan of WWE. He mm. doesn't give two fucks about about the workers. Like it's it was WWE, and mm-hmm. and I was just like, Oof. like I said, man, wrestling fans are a fucking different breed. Yeah, and I know the AEW has their stands and whatever, whatever. But it, that, man, like if Mickey James gives her two cents, we saw a lot of people speaking out against WWE about like Bray Wyatt's release. Mickey James is one of them. I can't remember the tweet off the top of my head, but I, then, you know, if you read the comments, it's just people attacking Mickey James 
for, you know, I can't believe you're going at WWE who gave you an opportunity and gave you a platform and stuck through you, stuck through, uh, stuck with you when you had your torn ACL. Like, dude, shut up. Like, it was her fucking job. She's not a fan of the place like you are. Like, she worked there. That's saying that's that's the fucking key. Like, she's not someone that's on the outs. She was actually fucking there. Right. She actually fucking worked there. She was behind the scenes. She dealt with these people on a business level. Like, that's the key. Like, business and fucking all that other bullshit are two different things. You know, business, friendship, fucking whatever. Two different things to different people. Like, right. that's a fucking worldwide company they give two fucks about mickey james or right. fucking brave you know what i mean you make us money thanks for fucking being here you know that's about as far as it goes wwe has notoriously shown loyalty to fucking no one no one but then oddly to certain people right there will be this you know certain folk but the family, you know what I mean? It's usually family or friends of the family right. <laughs> that that they'll be loyal to. I like that. I have no. <laughs> I I just always laugh at CM Punk just completely torch that fucking bridge. And he should. And that's fucking A. He made his money. He fucking went elsewhere. And the dude could come back tomorrow and sell out fucking wherever he's going to be. Well, and like I said last week, with the whole, like, I talked about with the Daniel Bryan thing. We talked about how fans were going, or a couple weeks ago when fans were going at them, him and CM Punk, for the same reasons. You know, WWE gave you your platform, yada, yada, yada. Yo, Bray Wyatt wasn't the only one to make money off the Bray Wyatt character. That was a mutually beneficial deal, right? So, uh, Bray Wyatt didn't make the most money off of his character. Let's say that. He didn't make the he didn't make he made probably a tenth or a twentieth of what that character brought in. What do you think of your girl? Uh, I'm gonna read a tweet here. I'm just gonna. This is a gift today that Ronda Rousey gave us. I'm very happy for her that she said this. But she tweeted out, "I've seen you." And I'm using air quotes here. Fans chanting hashtag We want Wyatt last night. Chanting We want beach balls over Bray Wyatt performing. If WWE treated him like he was expendable, is because you ungrateful idiots did first. Whoa. I believe the match she was citing was a match against Matt Hardy. When those two were having their thing. Uh, your thoughts? See, I was supposed to get you worked up today. Mm-hmm. But uh, you send this fucking doozy down the line for me. Mm-hmm. You know? fucking wiffle ball fucking pitch this one what a fucking nonsensical fucking moron that she fucking is of anybody to fucking say something about fucking wrestling it's this fucking no talent motherfucker here jesus christ for one don't you literally fucking got in the business because you saw Shayna baszler fucking making something of her fucking self in the business when she's actually a fucking worker a real fucking wrestler and you were getting your fucking ass knocked out by holly holm and amanda noons and fucking everyone else 
and you said, boy, I can't take a punch anymore, so I better fucking go over here and try to make this what it is. And my God, did she ever. She fucking was there, what, a whole year, showed no fucking improvement at all, and the only reasons that half of her, well, that all of her fucking matches were even remotely fucking watchable was because she was put in there with fucking workers like Charlotte Flair. I'm even going to fucking rock her fucking grab your fucking packer. Becky Lynch, fucking Nia Jax, fucking she was put in there with the best workers that they fucking had to protect her and make her fucking look good. And this fucking ungrateful fuck comes in there, you know, and has that to say about fucking the fans made him expendable. No, you fucking nut. Fucking Vince McMahon plays with these fucking characters, plays with their lives, and you're released or you're fucking on the roster. So he was expendable from the fucking time he signed in fucking FCW in 2012 or 10 or whatever the fuck. When you sign the fucking contract, basically fucking for anywhere, you're expendable, right or wrong. I mean, if I die tomorrow, guess what? Somebody else is going to come in here and fucking do my job. I'm expendable. You know, let's fucking, you know, whatever it is you do, your company's not going to fucking let your release, your quitting, your fire, whatever, fucking with them making money. Ain't going to happen. So, yeah, for her, for a fucking no talent like that to fucking say something is fucking mm. beyond fucking disrespectful to Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, who have both drew more money than in wrestling than she could fucking ever fucking dream of. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it's just an extreme. <laughs> it's just well said. First off, bravo. I mean, how, tell us how you really feel. Right. To me, it's just a very like blanket statement, and it goes back to that whole mentality of we'll do it and you'll like it. You know what I mean? Like they, I don't. I think the fans were like that match and that feud like just wasn't great. That was before the Fiend stuff. Right. You know, that was that's so long. Like, that is not what made fucking WWE. That's not what made him expendable. Apparently, yeah. it's budget cuts, right? Yeah, ap- apparently. Yeah. So a come, billion dollar had record company. Profit, had record profits the last two years. Yeah. So, to me, that's, yeah, that's, I'll tell you, it just shows how much she was really hurt by fans booing her. It got, and, to her, and it got to she, her more than I thought. And she deserved every fucking bit of it. And she for the, fucking... And for the record, I always enjoyed her work. No, you enjoyed Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Nia Jax. Fucking carrying this fucking no talent to a fucking um, a decent match. A fucking one and a half, two star match. Oh, when did Ron <laughs> met? Ron, I listen to UFC Hall of Famer. Like, what? Wait, now, wait a sec. What, you said she's a UFC Hall of Famer? Okay, um, I'm I'm glad you you did mention that. She uh, 
her first fight. She was the first women's fight in fucking UFC history against Liz Carmouche. Great. What this is, is not a UFC podcast. It is not. I don't but care. I'm just saying she's not a fucking. She shouldn't be a UFC Hall of Famer she's because everyone decent. She's one of the most marketed UFC superstars they ever had. That's right. She was because they put her in against people that would wrestle. And then as soon as she fought a fucking striker, she got her fucking head kicked in and her brains knocked out, which is what should have happened. You're rowdy this evening. Well, I can't fucking. That's just one motherfucker there that it's you talk about fake. She hung out with the Diaz brothers one fucking weekend. And then all of a sudden, she adopts their personality. No. Man. Moving on. There you go, yeah. <laughs> uh, this man in a call, I believe it was an investor call, could have been a media call, basically said that he viewed, did not view AEW as competition. I thought this was a very interesting topic. Because I feel like there's a lot of ways you can look at this. So I'm going to start a little bit here. Uh, I appreciate that because I'm kind of blew up from that rant. So I need to uh, recover. (laughs) They're not competition in the sense that they go head-to-head in TV shows. They did against their developmental. And developmental ended up on Tuesday nights. So in that sense, if there was a competition, Titans 0 for 1. I know it's not Raw. I know it's not SmackDown. But you can only play the opponent across from you. You can only play who's on the schedule, right, Barry? That's absolutely correct. And AEW handled their business. And they managed to grow during a pandemic. Yeah. Now, here's where they are competition. When guys like Daniel Bryan don't want to resign, and they'd rather go there. Right? Yep. That's when that's going to start happening. When contracts start running up, and we have, we'll talk about another one. This will be a great transition. We'll talk about another one too. Um, Adam Cole. You know, a lot of these guys on the WWE rosters, where they come from, Barry? In the Indies, ROH. You know, these guys all know each other, right? So, after, especially after you've made your bag. John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, which is kind of a TBD beside that one. We'll talk about that later, too. They would rather go be their own true independent contractor, meaning they can go work other places, they can make agreements with Tony Khan, and... I don't. I, I think that saying creative kind of gets overblown sometimes. I think some guys just do want to take direction, you know. So, in that sense, when you're basically could be competing for talent, then that is competition to me. AEW in our lifetime is never going to be the machine that WWE is, but what they have been able to do is capture a certain niche fan and also many lapsed fans. The niche fan comes from they did not 
they wanted something else than the WWE product. And they were able to find it. First through the indies. And a lot of times they form, you know, relationships, fandom, whatever it may be, emotional ties with these superstars who now they see on Wednesday nights. To me. So WWE is McDonald's, they're Nike, they're they're all that, right? Publicly traded company. Kudos to them. Every single person that's a wrestling fan, I would say 90% grew up a WWE fan, if they're our age or lower or younger. I think that's fair. Wrestling is at its peak to me when there are options. So another option, in a sense, is competition. That's my two cents on that. I'm with you to, to a degree. Okay. I, I agree with your, you know, talking about Daniel Bryan. They're not competition, maybe right now. Like, Jericho and Moxley and Sting, even Sting at his age right now, um, kind of were on that worldwide stage. Cody even. Uh, so they have that WWE fan base. You know, they've they've had the exposure, Dustin. But then... You know, can you can stay alive there? You can make the you can make a living. You can you know you can be successful. But when you start having the Daniel Bryan's, the CM Punk's, guys that people want to fucking see come over there, that like I said, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are going to be a fucking game changer. I mean. You have two legit main event stars possibly hopping over to the competition that aren't competition. You know what I mean? Right. And like when we, you know, book the territory there, that, I mean, that could be the fucking catalyst to something huge. I mean, it really, really could. And where it turns into competition, events mm-hmm. has to go, oh, shit. And then you have the guys like Adam Cole and, you know, which we're going to get to uh, Hangman Page, though. He could he could go the other way. You know what I mean? Right. He could go to WWE. Yeah. Who's going to be the first one to do that? You know what I mean? Right. I, I'm not asking you to answer it, but just, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that'll, and be, that'll be something. Go ahead. And that, But that, I'm saying that's going to bring excitement to people. And the first one that actually does that, I think that's going to help AW more than WWE in the sense that if Adam, if Hangman Adam Page goes over to WWE and fucking tears it up, man, what else do they have over there? Um, right. Let me, let me go fucking watch that and see what they have. I think the, the first one that goes over there, if they do well, helps AEW more than WWE. And that's, I mean, that's my opinion. That's a very interesting way to look at it. Like you're saying in a sense, this is all hypothetical. If Hangman were to go to WWE yep. and just skip NXT, go right to Raw, right? Which yeah. I don't think they would do that. I think that it'd be the old WCW thing, right? Where somebody comes over, we got to beat them down to make the other, other look weak. I mean, right. so in a sense, maybe Vince is very aware of what you're saying, that he's not going to, like, accidentally make AEW look good. Right. So maybe that's a, that's a big concern. Which is, you know, Sting, obviously. We never saw him until years and years and years later. 
past his prime because he had the same concerns. Yeah. You know? So it's that's, that's a very, very, very interesting point, I think. I got my – nobody can see this right now. I got my hair up. I got a little man bun going on. I about scratched my head and I almost forgot. It's all new over here. So oh, you're looking like the Mongolian stomper. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's all right, bro. I thought he's gonna go like the y- Yokozuna route or something like that. It could it's not that that, well, you. I was gonna say he's got you by a few hundred though. I kind of just got. I, well, I just kind of got a little like pebbles thing going up here, right? Right. Yeah. So the little maybe the missing link even. Remember he grabbed all that right. little patch. Nice. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, this, I think a good transition on that. Our next two topics, actually, uh, WWE accidentally or almost accidentally let Adam Cole's contract expire. Yeah. So there was an yeah. issue with senior vice president of talent relations. Uh, he was fired, and I guess that's where the breakdown of communication was. And that's how I guess the con just kind of snuck up on. Apparently, people in WWE offices. Thought he was at least signed through January 2022. Some even thought into 2024. It was also rumored that it did run out, and he signed a little short-term contract to kind of get him through what they're at now through SummerSlam. But after SummerSlam, he doesn't have a contract. And there's also reports that WWE uh, officials are frustrated with the um, negotiation process, which kind of maybe alludes to what I was saying earlier. <laughs> yeah. Homie has an option. Right. In the States. Where his girlfriend works. Oh. Where he goes to shows. And hangs and out. I'm, and, hangs and I'm sure it's treated very well. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Your thoughts? Uh, to me, I don't know how shit like that keeps happening. I mean, Alistair Black. It's, it's something's going on there. Like, is the, is the office that fucked up to where you don't know your guy because that's a big fucking gap like you said some people thought he signed on january 2022 and then others are that's a two-year difference like no one's <laughs> checking this like nobody is like checking up on hey like this is one of our like fucking top workers here maybe we should see how long we have him for and fucking start like trying to work a deal here yeah, I've never worked in a wrestling office, obviously. But it seems like you hear about that. All of a sudden, this contract ran out. We didn't know. Like, how does that happen? Sound like a like an early 90s WCW thing. Right. right. I'm, uh, I remember fucking Cornette saying that the Midnight Express couldn't get a contract, but the fucking Iron Sheik, his contract rolled over for 100, 150000 and he couldn't even do jobs good on TV anymore. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? So, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess, but fuck, I mean, you remember the shit show that was, but Vince has always ran, I thought, a fucking, like, pretty tight fucking ship, like, where he knew, like, Hall Nash, even that, he knew their shit was up. I even mean, Kobe missed from time to time, you know what I mean? It, it, it happens. Um, Very surprising, though, especially NXT, he's kind of like the main event guy, but I think the concern for Adam Cole is... Okay, is NXT, and I think a lot of guys, they're going to ask themselves this, and some will be cool with it, some won't be. Is NXT your ceiling? 
Carrying Cross is finding that out right now. What happens when you get to Mondays and Fridays? And also, it seems like a lot of, like, all the, some people, everything you did in NXT, you start all the way the fuck over because Vince doesn't know who the fuck you are or change your whole everything. Well, you know, we saw that with the fucking, what was that the Redemption? What the fuck they were called? Carrying Cross. Right now, it's happening. Yeah. He beat the shit out of it. Like, he would beat Keith Lee down in NXT. He's jobbing to Keith Lee now on Monday. Yeah, so it's there's definitely, a, I think, a discord, and I think that's what we talked about last week when Renee Paquette said that, you know, WWE Souls fans intelligence. I think that's where that happened. You know what I mean? You forget yeah. everything you saw in NXT and, you know, suspend your disbelief for fucking SmackDown or Raw for this character now. It's kind of goofy. So maybe, I don't know, I don't know if that's concerned. Obviously, he probably has a good, I hear he has a good relationship with Shawn Michaels, which is soon would be Triple H. You never know, you know. I don't know how much money he's made. I don't know how much money AEW pays. I don't know how much WWE's willing to pay him. That factors into. And also, I mean, he's got a beautiful, white-hot girlfriend right now who is a rising, rising, rising star in AEW. Huge star. I mean, I mean, buy now on, on fucking Dr. Britt Baker because she is to the moon. So he sees that. You know what I mean? Which I'm, I always think that like, he's probably, you know, he's helped her in some way. Right. Right. Exactly. She didn't know how to be a heel. Mm-hmm. That was her thing. I always said like baby face dentist is weird. Right. You know, but yeah, you know, but you know, there's all that. And he obviously knows how both companies work. Maybe that's factored in. Maybe the creative, you never have no idea. Jared always says cash or creative. Those two things. There One it is. Two. So, we will see. Also, something that caught me off guard. It was reported by uh, Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio that Adam Page does not have a match at uh, the All Out pay-per-view. It was kind of assumed by most people that he would challenge Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. And Adam Page does not have a match and not playing for the event at all. No reason was given, but it's kind of a weird thing, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's came back fucking red hot, like jumped into one of the hot angles, and now he just doesn't even fucking have a match. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You don't know if this is storyline. You know what I mean? So, you never know. But I tell you what, I don't know if you watched Dynamite last week, but his entrance, that was, he came out with the Dark Order, that was, brother is over. Right. So for have somebody that over and you don't have any plans for it seems very fucking weird. Yeah. You don't know. And there's rumors that uh, he wouldn't sign a new contract. Which, if that's true, would make sense. Is like, why would you, you know, can you push a guy who you don't know is going to be there? Right. You know, so there's that, too. You don't know if he's unhappy with creative. Why he won't, you know, if that's if he won't sign a new contract, which is speculation, we don't know. What's Conrad saying? Rumor and rumor and something. I don't know. But like you said, brother's got options. Yeah, he's so another. He, it like goes that way too, right? He's got options. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure WWE would love to take Adam Page off their fucking hands. And that's what I said. If, but I, th- I honestly think whoever it is that goes over there, if they push him, they fucking put on banger matches. They do all that. 
people are going to know he came from AEW. They're not so well. Dumb. So here's the thing, the interesting dynamic. So everyone that has come from WWE to AEW has more or less made a bag, right? Yeah. But the ones that would go from AEW to WWE, not necessarily. I don't know what AEW pays. I can't imagine it's the machine that WWE is at this point. I I don't think it is, but again, they don't work as much. You know, they're they're what they don't they're not doing house shows and shit yet. Um, so they're working what uh, Wednesday, and then an occasional pay per view. Wednesday, occasional pay per view, and then after, I mean, yeah, just Wednesday because then that's when they tape fucking dark. So I mean, if somebody's like, look, dog, um, you know, I'm gonna need you for. 75 matches this year and uh i'll give you fucking 100 150 thousand instead of dog i'm gonna need you to work 300 days a fucking year and i'm gonna give you seven figures i'm gonna give you 250 280 downside guarantee yeah and so i'm like dude i think i'll take that 150 and 75 days Living in fucking Jacksonville. Some guys won't, though. I I agree. Some guys won't work 300 days a year. Some guys want to be on the road. You always hear the story about Triple H. You know, he was offered a two-year deal with WCW. Instead, he took the one-year deal. Yeah. Because he figured after the one-year deal, and then they offered him again, and he's like, you know, I'm only going to be working once a month with WCW as opposed to WWE because they were doing – they cut out house shows at the time. Yeah. Because that was like – that was just killing him financially. So Bischoff cut out house shows, and I think that's when they were in Disney, possibly. Yep. I don't know. I could be wrong. But he wanted to go work 25 days a month. He you know, needed to, though. He needed to. He needed to get better. And all these guys we're talking about that go from AEW to WWE are younger guys that need to work more. Yep. Yep. So that's that, that, could, that could factor into a lot of people's decisions. I think that's – I mean, interesting how we just looked at Adam Cole – and then hang me out on page is the inverse situation, right? Right, absolutely. Potentially. Potentially. And I think AEW is a is a spot for the the veterans, the guys that have made, like you said, made their bag. Uh, man, I got a family now. I don't want to fucking be on the road all the time. Right. Let me work this fucking seventy five. You know what I mean? Let me get this fucking money. And. Where the, some of the young guys, they want to hit that road. They want to hit that circuit. Let me do two or three years here in WWE just to see. Just to see what they do with me. You know what I mean? And, you know, probably seven, eight out of ten times you're going to end up lost in the shuffle and fucking unhappy and, you know, pissed. But then there's always that two or three out of ten chance that you fucking blow up and become a fucking bigger star than you ever could have imagined. Speaking of AEW's business, they uh, will have their inaugural Rampage show, which will be August 20th at the United Center in Chicago. Okay. Friday night show. Um, tickets went on sale at 11 o'clock, I believe, yesterday, August 2nd. Yes, they went on sale 11 o'clock, August 2nd. Sold out in five minutes. It's... The United Center. A legit arena. Yeah. 
Uh, wrestling, first off, Chicago wrestling fans are the best. <laughs> yeah, they're wild fucking bombs. I love my Ohio players. I really do. But Chicago is a whole different beast when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. I think it speaks to AEW and their growth during the pandemic. Also, people want to get out. Um, I, I think the CM Punk rumors helped. Yeah. But that's why you signed CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You fuck. That's why I say they're, they're dudes that are legit fucking stars in the business yeah. and fucking game changers. And CM Punk is a legit main eventer, and people are clamoring to fucking see him wrestle again. Like clamoring. Me being one of them. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great thing, man. I like seeing wrestling companies grow. I think it's a it's it's a great thing for the business that we fucking love. We have a podcast, obviously. We fucking watch it religiously. I'm watching SummerSlam '98 as we record. We're all wrestling nerds if you listen to this. And again, this is another option. I think it's great. And the fact that this company's been able to grow during the pandemic, it looks like they are shooting to the moon now. It's it's fucking awesome to see, man. Yeah, I, and we talked about last week, man, is the fucking. Um, as Eric clutches his ball sack. Oh, God. He's um, moved in a way I wasn't expecting to move. And... <laughs> uh, <sighs> you know, I, I compared it kind of to ECW, where ECW, it took him five years to get on pay-per-view. And here AEW is, you know, two years, whatever. And, and they've already had how many pay-per-view events? Right. Like, they're on a fucking roller coaster ride. And hopefully, you know... Tony Khan's a smart fucking guy, and he's got fuck he's got fuck you money. Mm-hmm. He so so he ain't afraid to fucking you know get it get down with anyone and right. spend money. So that is a huge fucking thing to have. Oh, man, we're getting in deep this week. Hey. We're going to we'll have some people uh, hopefully fucking that uh, enjoy these opinions, you know. You want to talk about your boy? We should. Ric Flair got released. Which was. <laughs> I didn't know he was under contract. Though. That was the thing. <laughs> I didn't know he was under He's contract. He's 70 <laughs> fucking some years old. Uh. Flair gave Vince McMahon an ultimatum before he quit. This is from Brian Alvarez. I heard that Rick was unhappy with Charlotte's booking. He was upset with her booking, and so the story I heard was that he sent a text message to Vince, and the text message essentially said, you either fix it or I quit. Vince, of course, did not fix it, and so Rick Flair quit. You can actually... You can actually, whichever side you're on, Flair's side WWE, you basically say Vince fired him because he refused to kowtow his demands. Or you can look at Flair's side and go, well, his demands were not kowtowed, so he quit. Basically, I think that explains the discrepancy in this story. Did he quit or was he fired? Well, he gave an ultimatum, and Vince was like, forget about it, buddy. Either side, technically, I guess, would be correct. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I've been um, fired. I quit before. <laughs> right. I mean... Any, you know, any arena you fucking go into, any, and I don't care what fucking promotion it is. Looking at is John Tanta in the oddities, and this is just so disrespectful. Go ahead. I'm sorry. With ICP. 
And ICP's there too. God damn it. But uh, uh, what the fuck? You had me here. You threw Rick me Flair. off with the fucking oddities. <laughs> uh, Rick, yeah, Flair's any arena you fucking go to, anywhere in the fucking world, no matter what promotion. Woo! You're gonna hear that all fucking night long. Right. Chops, whatever. I mean, he's not Ric Flair of fucking, he's not selling you tickets. I mean, as in a wrestling sense. Now, autograph signings, all that shit, people pay to come see fucking Ric Flair. But the value here, you know, you have to let that go. Charlotte is, listen, whenever her contract's up, I'm 100% sure she's gone. Oh, man. Is that going to be a shit show? I mean, 100% gone. I I think she has she has fucking clout there. She has she's made the bag for several years now. Um so for for them to fuck with her man the way they did send him packing, I don't think that set well with her. And I think she's going to give them a fuck you on the way out. Yeah, I mean, this is all true. Uh, don't love Flair giving <laughs> Vince an ultimatum for his daughter. That seems a little. Yeah, this ain't fucking 80, 88 or 80. You know, this ain't the 80s and 90s. That doesn't hold much weight here. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and I love I love Ric Flair. I do. That's but my I dude. was like, I was like, released from what? <laughs> what the fuck was he doing you know what i mean right. so i don't know it just seems weird do we i mean do we see rick on i mean jesus christ this is really one thing every time somebody gets released to wwe no matter who it is AEW is going to come up immediately well they already talked about flair was with tony khan last week oh lord they had he pictures of fuck. him and him rick and don't Jim give a Ross. fuck man no no and again if you're under contract and all that bullshit and you care, fucking, why are you kicking it down, you know, with the opposition, supposedly, you know. But, again, Flair's one of the boys. He's fucking earned that right, in my opinion, to fucking hang out, go wherever fuck he wants. That's know? like with Bret Hart when he unveiled the AEW championship. A lot of people right. were really mad. But they asked him, how can he do that? He's on like, Bret Hart. I can go where the fuck I want to go. Yeah. And that's, no one's going to tell me where I can and can't go. But, and that's, there's a handful of guys that can do that. Yeah. Stone Cold, The Rock, fucking. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. What's that? Not, not Stone Cold. Mm mm. He's he firmly, can. he's firmly got his thumb. Vince has his thumb on him. He can't go anywhere. Yeah, no, but no, no, I'm I'm saying could. Not with the show on the network. Not with the show on the network, and as involved he is, he still makes appearances on Raw. And, yeah, but I'm saying it, there's only a handful of guys that have that star power that right. could if they wanted to. He's one of them. Uh, the Rock, Undertaker, uh, Ric Flair. Uh, not the Undertaker. I'm we saying, saw what I'm not saying Some... that they're going to. I'm saying they, they could. Can't. No, 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 no. We saw it happen when Undertaker tried to go to fucking Starcast. Right. I get that, but I'm you saying if he if he went, like I'm saying he people would be like, oh fuck. You well, know, those guys are under legit contracts still. They're under legends deals. They can't go on another promotion. 
I'm saying star power wise though. Right, Not but that they would. They can't. Right, but I'm saying if they would, they they hold that fucking much clout. I think we're saying two different things here. We are. <laughs> I know we are. Because I'm trying to say like that the handful of guys with that star power that could like say fuck you if they wanted to say fuck you. You're right. I mean, well, that's what I mean is if those guys want to say fuck you, they have the money to say fuck you. I don't need your fucking check. But they like cash in that check. <laughs> hey, who doesn't, brother? Who right, doesn't? right. Um, that Vince money's good. You went to a house show. I did. You have a lot to say about that. The floor is yours. My God. Yeah. Um, I get there. Um, I'm going to say Fisser form was three quarters of the way full. Um, uh, I'm not going to say a number. Uh, one of my buddies that lives in Michigan went the next night to the Detroit house show. He said 14,000. Wow. At a, at a house show. Oh yeah. So, uh, like I said, packed, um, this was going to one of our first topics. I seen a I seen a young man, uh, 25, 26 years old. Uh, he had every chain, every pendant. I mean, he looked like fucking Mr. T starter kit, uh, but no wrestler. It was all WWE uh, chain. WWE logoed stuff. Yes, he had three belts, one around his waist, two on his arms. And the WWE Money in the Bank briefcase. And clinking. Every time he'd walk, he'd fucking clink, clink, clink. And I was like, what in the fuck? This guy's got $5,000 worth of merchandise on. But funny. It was funny. A guy came as the Macho Man. I I think I showed you a picture of this fucking guy. That's standard behavior. Right. There's a Macho Man in every crowd. Um. Got into a legit screaming match with a with a young lady over Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair's match. They were calling Sasha a weak, a soft ass bitch, and uh, the other young the young lady on the the rail was like, "You respect the boss." Yeah, it was fun banter. It wasn't malicious. Um. It was just, you know, a fun kind of fan interaction. Everybody was super fucking cool, uh, super nice. Every, you know, good shit. Um, New Day came out, uh, took on the Hurt Business. Um, Bobby Portis of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I heard the gate open behind me because I was in like one of the last rows there. So when I purchased my ticket, which this pissed me off. Um, I purchased my ticket specifically to be in the back row so I could get the fucking interaction. Right. Uh, WWE took it upon themselves to add three fucking rows behind me. Oh. Yeah. And not even full. They weren't even full. Like, so wasn't real fucking thrilled about that. Um, I was trying to record... I think it was Cena's entrance and the security lady comes behind me and says, you can take 
photos, but no video. Meanwhile, the fucking guy in front of me has been on Facebook Live the entire night. (laughs) The entire fucking night. Streaming the whole event. He brought (laughs) friends and family to the show with him. Yeah. He, I mean, he had five, six people with him. And he's talking and fucking, you know, he's being loud. Like, it's not like he was trying to hide it. And, uh, but Bobby Portis, the Milwaukee Bucks, comes in, um, get fist bumping. The gate open. I saw it was him. I fist bump him. Literally, as soon as I fist bump him, he fist bumps me. He is swarmed by fucking fans. Security has to kind of like run and fucking like get him away from him. They take him to his seat ringside. Now, the match, I guess, is going according to fucking plan. Um, I the guy that you know is has the headphones on, he is yelling and screaming. And uh, the security guard runs back and he's like, What? What? And he's like, Get Bobby, get Bobby. So I think he was supposed to interfere or do so, you know, cost the her, you know, cost him the match. Um, he completely, if that was the case, <laughs> blew the spot. They bring him back, and the guy with the head, he just goes, just forget it. Like, he he like you, I was five feet, he's like, forget it. Just forget it. It's over. Like, they, they are there, he went into the finish. It's over. Just forget it. Um, Who else? Uh, Cena, Cena and uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio took on Roman and the Usos in the main event. Uh, what I'm if I could tell you how fucking into this match the fans were, uh, it was unfucking believable how over Cena was. Um, his wife, I'm going to guess, I didn't know who it was at first. Again, the gate swings open, security brings in this, you know, young lady who is. Wearing a Cena shirt, masked up. You can't see her face. Um, they take her. Double she cheeked up. Yep, she said it's front row. Uh, yeah, Very she had. She was before the show. A much yeah, different description. Yeah, she's fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's packing. She's got. Double cheeked up on a Saturday in Milwaukee. Thick, thick fucking ass. Um, but but sets front row ringside. Um, I was telling you, I was like, man, the vets had to put this match together. Um, they false tagged for Cena probably five, six, seven times. And every time, I mean, the crowd would stand up. Like every time Ray would, they would just, you know, Hills beat, you know, getting heat on Ray, getting heat on Ray. He would fucking crawl, fight, you know, do something, get cut off. And I mean, the fucking fans. I I think I sent you the recording of the fucking roof fucking blew off the fucking place when he made the tag. Cena fucking comes in, you know, fucks up everybody. Ray and Dom double six one nine. Cena hits the FU, boom, one, two, three. Um, and this is where I figure out this is Cena's wife. He goes out, kisses her on top, you know, kind of kisses her on the forehead, and security immediately fucking grabs her and takes her right to the back. After the match. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that's his girl. Uh, so, yeah, she was there. Uh, like I said, a large, 
way more people than I was expecting to be there. I guess Raw is coming back there December 20th. May go. Yeah, May go. Um, I had banging ass seats. Uh, 15th row. Right there at the entrance. Um, got some good picks. Uh, it was a fun, fun time, man. I really enjoyed it. And, like, fans make it so much better. Um, but then you have, like I said, just some fucking outlandish fucking fans and people. And, you know, hit him with a hammer. Hit it. Just stupid fucking chance like that. Like, dude, why are you here? You know. But overall, very enjoyable. Like, I, I had a much better time than I was expecting. But live wrestling is always better than fucking TV wrestling. I forgot about Howard Finkel and DX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good shit, man. I'm glad you guys go to a live show. I'm excited when I get to go to one, whenever that is. But, yeah, good shit. Glad you and the fellas got to go. Had a good time. Saw Bobby Portis. Yeah. Always got some memories out of it. So, yeah, good shit, man. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. I think we've done enough. Damage for the night. I think we have done enough damage for one day. Uh, you didn't get me riled up this evening. No, you got me. I got you instead. So <laughs> that was good shit. Uh, Barry, I'm going to go do my shout outs first. You should. Okay. I know I should. Um, shout out Fully Posable, Jeff and Scott. Marty and Rucker over at Boot to the Face. Breaker and Bane over at the Power Hour. Also, I'll tell you what, Bane, awfully stiff. Awfully stiff on William Venus. Well, he's uh, he's been a real fucking ass here lately in PHPW. I don't know if you've been following, but, you know, I we've been getting jobbed. I'm not going to no, lie. Yeah, we've been getting we've been getting fucked over a little bit. We're going to go talk to the booking committee uh, because, yeah, we're we're sick of getting fucking shafted, overlooked. And, you know, that's going to come to a screeching fucking halt. Well, they're going to have problems with us. What's going to happen is because that merch store. Yeah. That's a that's that's a renegotiation right there. Yeah. You know, you you're going to use our likeness. You know, I mean, as uh, vicious and delicious, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, come on now. I think we gotta go back to the drawing board here. We gotta talk. We gotta talk yeah. numbers. You got yeah. We gotta fucking. You better get out the calculator. You know we need a bag. Uh, Caitlin and Drew over at uh, Tales in the Estate podcast. Uh, cleaner, goddamn legends. I think my daughter's out here. Shout out Lily. Lily bug. Uh, Lily bug. What's going on, Lily? I see it. I see it. I see it. Shout out to the doctor that stuck a needle in each one of my testicles. That was great, too. And also shout out to all the Ohio players. Candace, Ty. I heard Candace made Ty a beer poster. You know, that TikTok shit. Yeah. He uh, he was hyped up today. I don't know if he did any work. Well, then I saw he got hurt. And I'm thinking, that too, there was, a, there was a, some kind of correlation there. Yeah. He, I think uh, he was beating his packer like it owed him. And fucking, yeah. Fucking carpal tunnel or something. He he was doing a pedestrian wank job in the fucking that garage he's in. <laughs> the garage beating it dry. Yeah. <laughs> With that fucking new fan they bought him. Probably lost a finger. This fucking guy. 
Oh, Dobro, Sammy Evans, <laughs> all you motherfuckers, man. I love all y'all. Barry, do your shout-outs. Yeah, uh, you got to – fuck, you named everyone. Sammy, Sammy Evans, Ty, you know, Candace, um, Nick Haddix, fucking Cleaner, Sam Finley. Uh, man, we, ha- we actually had a lot of fucking overseas lessons and shit, on, like fans in Scotland, fucking Germany. Like, all you fuckers, I don't know if military guys or something, uh, shout out to you guys for listening to us over there. Uh, very cool. Uh, shout out to fucking all the Ohio players. You know, can't wait to come in. Uh, Tara's out here in these streets. I don't know if you've seen. She got a bob cut. You I, know, I, th- I think that's what they call that. She got some hair okay. cut off. Uh, so shout out to her. Um yeah, Marty Rucker. Uh, apparently, Rucker was getting copied. Did you see that? I saw that. I don't know what he was referring to, but yeah, that shit. I hate that. Some shit, yeah, they had ten thousand followers or something. Fucking he's. Listen, it's un unimaginative, uncreative. You know, that's what a lot of these fuckers are. But yeah, shout out to them. Um, it's gonna be rough for Rucker though here, fucking couple weeks when the football season starts. I probably won't hear from him until fucking February. Uh, <laughs> but uh, shout out fucking to just everybody, man, that listens to us, uh, gives us time. Shout out to Tim Witt. This dude, you know, this dude, if we do not put a podcast out on Tuesdays, text my dad and says, you know, they didn't put a podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like fucking dad's got some control on shit here, you know. Fucking senior don't have no fucking say in this. Yeah, he got no pool over here. Yeah, he's got to set his ass on sidelines. But yeah, funny. Uh, Tim, shout out to Tim, man. He's a good dude. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I hear Lilybug. Yeah, she got in the office, dude. Lilybug, Lilybug. What are you doing, Lilybug? You gonna see Husky? She might say Husky. Look, she says yes. Yeah. Husky. Hi, Lilybug. <laughs> Closing the show with Lilybug. She's standing on the chair. Uh, follow me at bfrost28. And Eric, if you can, drop the credentials with Lilybug in hand. Yeah, at Eric Brown 740 Of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. Lily, a little heart's beating fast. We love you guys so much. Thanks for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. With that, good night and God bless. Yeah. Peace. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Erica Barrier up with ETF, and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time. Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind. Just a few more days until we're back live. Will be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor 
Favor. Until next time, doing the favor.